Human trafficking is the fastest growing organized crime in the world, even ahead of drugs. And the reason for that, if you think about it in terms of how frequently you can use a human being for forced labor or sexual anything, exploitation, you can use them over and over and over again. But a drug, you use it once and that's it, that it's served its purpose. Yes. But it's, it's actually a $150 billion industry. A hundred and what? $150 billion. With a and B? it's not, yes, with a B, with a B. Welcome to another episode of The Irreplaceable Dental Assistant. And as usual, I have a treat for you today. Do you see this beautiful young lady? Her name is Lauren King. Welcome, Lauren. How are you doing today? I am doing much better now. I love talking to you. It was so great to meet you at the Dental Festival and get to talk about everything that you want to help do in the world. Yes, yes, yes. We're living purposefully, right, Lauren? Yes, every day. It's tough, but it's every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know a little bit about you, but tell my viewers who you are and what you bring to the world, what makes you tick, what you are passionate about. Just share a little bit more about yourself. I am an international speaker. I am typically talking about human trafficking awareness and airway education. And I'm also a dental hygienist. I still practice clinically when I'm not speaking or teaching in some way. Mm -hmm. And I've actually also started coaching for women. It's uh, essentially life coaching, but with a focus on trauma. So I'm diving into that more and it's super exciting and uh, something that more so it's, it's a calling for me and I can tell it's the one job I would do for free. Wow. And uh, so I'm super excited about that. And I am living in Seattle, Washington right now. And who knows that could change, but <laughs> right now that's where I'm at. Okay, Seattle. I picture that state as beautiful mm-hmm. in the summer and it, oh, yes. in the winter. Yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, today was actually really sunny and we do have sunny days, but it's, it, yes, it, it does definitely miss a lot. But yeah. what I tell people is it's not like full blown rain. It's, it's more of a mist. So. Okay. okay. That's your story and you're sticking to it, Lauren. <laughs> yes. For now, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So, Absolutely. So- Lauren, can you can you kind of give us an overview of how human trafficking intersects with the dental industry and, and what are the key red flags or indicators that professionals should be aware of? Absolutely. So the data shows us that roughly 30% of human trafficking victims visit their dentist every year or their healthcare provider. And the reason we're not catching them or being able to help them is because we're never taught anything in terms of what to look for. Some universities kind of touch on abuse, Mm -hmm. but nothing past that. And honestly, there's not enough time spent on it. Right. So 
With dentistry specifically, 50% of injuries and abuse which happens in trafficking are to the head and the neck. And we're head and neck specialists. We see these patients more than any other healthcare provider and these are healthy reasons. Yes. So we have the opportunity to intervene, but we're not properly trained to do so. Oh my goodness, Lauren, that 30% hit me like a bullet in my forehead. I know it's, it's roughly, it may be closer to 30% now. I think the last time I checked, it was 26 point something percent, yes. but roughly 30%. And that's the cases that we know. Oh my So God. you have to think about that too. And one thing that I bring up or kind of bring to people's attention is it's usually more of the female cases that come yes. forward. The male cases don't come forward as much because there's shame built around that, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Could you share a real life case or, or example of where human trafficking was identified within the dental field? And so, what were the challenges and, and the successes in, in addressing that issue? Uh, so it was actually a dental professional is the best example I could give you. It was an oral surgeon what? and he offered someone $30,000 to buy two young girls. Mm -hmm. So it was actually in our industry and with stories like that. And I know it's like, it's shocking because it's, it's not supposed to be them. Right. And that's kind of how this goes. So human trafficking is the fastest growing organized crime in the world, even ahead of drugs. And the reason for that, if you think about it in terms of how frequently you can use a human being for forced labor or sexual, anything, exploitation, you can use them over and over and over again. But a drug, you use it once and that's it, that it's served its purpose. Yes. But it's, it's actually a $150 billion industry. A hundred and what? Hundred and fifty billion. With a and B? it's not yes, with a B. With a B. I know, I know. And I get asked all the time why why it's the fastest growing organized crime, why aren't we doing more about it? And honestly, it's it's there's a number of things that go into it, but you have to think about it honestly in terms of cost. Yeah. That money, that's a lot of money. And some of the people that are actually involved in this are more of the 1% of the world. They're higher elite people. And so for that amount of money to just disappear, people would notice if $150 billion just disappeared. Oh my goodness. So you when have to think I about it a little bit. When I asked you that question, I was not prepared for any answer close to that. I thought you were gonna share about a victim, but you opened my mind to think that people who we trust every day could actually be immersed in this trafficking industry. Oh my goodness. I know, I know. And I get asked questions like that too of, you know, is it just people that are lower income or, you know, had a rough childhood or, you know, just bad people that are doing this. And like, actually, no, it's, it's well-respected people and people of stature, people that don't look like what you think a trafficker would look like. Right. So another thing I get asked is if it, it's more male or female that's 
doing the trafficking and it's actually women are arrested just as much as men are and if you think about it it makes sense right women are more trusting they're easier to get anyone to trust them people come up to them more you know sometimes without even like trying to get them to come up to them so it's almost easier for a woman to get away with it than a man if you really think about it but it's you just have to slow down and think outside of what you've been taught because what you have been taught is that we live in the United States we're safe it's not happening here it's just as bad here as it is anywhere else Mm -hmm. The problem is we're not taught how to stop it, look for it or anything like that. It's getting better. We're starting to see things in airports and bathrooms. Yes. You know, we're, we're making headway. But even then, you know, one of my goals next year is to try and get involved outside of dentistry to help with awareness more because even with flying, I'm like, okay, I was talking to one of the flight attendants and I'm like, think of it this way. If a victim is on the plane and they go in the bathroom and they see this sign, which basically just says, if you need help, call or text this number, they don't have access to a telephone. Right. Right. So we have to do more, you know, like it's great that we're at least making awareness, but unfortunately we're behind. So we need to do better or it's time to scale that up, but that's not good enough. So uh, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's quite literally everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this notion that this doesn't happen in my neighborhood probably is one of the biggest barriers because you're not looking for it in this environment, maybe over there somewhere, but certainly not here, you know? Yes. Wherever fear is. Yeah, there's a there's a few things in my presentations that I share. One is a video that basically it shows you this video and it looks like nothing's happening, just normal everyday life. And then it rewinds and highlights what your eyes didn't see. And it's trafficking. And the other two things are to what you were speaking with about the United States or, you know, it's not happening here. It's only in like third world countries or Mexico or something like that. And I'm like, no, actually. So forced labor is the biggest percentage of human trafficking and sexual exploitation or sex trafficking is only about a quarter. So what forced labor, yeah, yeah. A lot of people associate it with sex trafficking, but forced labor is the biggest percentage of it. So what that looks like, and to give examples for both both questions, Mm -hmm. there were cases where women, they were women operated, they would go to other countries and bring people here. Mm. go through the human trafficking process, forced labor here. Mm. So it's only, it's not only just happening here, but it's also female led. It's like all of the things that you would think this is about or that you're taught. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not, it's much worse, honestly. And it's, it's gonna keep happening. Unfortunately, the best way for us to do anything is to educate ourselves. Right, so this, That's probably a partial answer to my next question, which would be, what are some specific ways in which dental professionals and clinics can actively prevent and combat human trafficking within their practice or community? Absolutely. So 
One of the, the things that I tried to go over in the presentation is actually break down each role. So the front office, I usually tell them, pay attention to how the patient is walking into the building, walking up to the desk. Are they walking up to the desk? Mm -hmm. Pay attention to their gait. Are they walking well or are they walking like they're hurt when right. it comes to filling out the paperwork? If it's like a teenager and they have no clue about any of their social history, medical history, birth date, no, documentation they're not talking they're letting the parent talk or you know whoever the handler is talk those little things and what the biggest thing i teach is i want you to assess i yeah. never want you to assume mm. because when you assume that's when you make matters worse potentially or you get someone hurt including yourself so these little things that i teach each role are meant to send off little light bulbs of okay we need to be paying attention to this patient. Something feels off. Yeah. And even down to like having a safe word in the office of if you think that something is going on, say it around the building so that everyone knows, hey, Lauren thinks that something might be going on. She's unsure, but just be on alert or, you know, just different things. But even with the dental assistants or the dental hygienist, taking them back and taking their x-rays if it's hard for them to open their mouths or keep them open and there's rips on the corners of their mouth that could be indicative of being choked or gagged right. but it, it needs to be in conjunction with other things it can't just be i see this this is happening i'm going to report it it's it's an assessment unfortunately and it's something that you might not actually catch the first time right. so uh, with the dental hygienist, especially with the intraoral exam, looking for, especially in very young children, looking for petechiae on the soft palate, which are, looks like little blood vessels that have been bursted. Right. So in a circular form, which means I am asking them to look for forced oral sex. And I do show them what that looks like. Mm -hmm. In an adult, that's a different story. But in a child, that is one of the biggest red flags I would say that there is. Wow. So it's just the placement of it and how i show it and i compare it to because i usually get asked well what if it's a retainer what if it's a bottle yeah this is on the soft palate towards the back it looks like a circle it's repeated blunt force trauma is how that appears wow so and the dentist of course i usually i usually encourage them to be the decision maker right so that they can be the one to kind of assess the whole situation, talk to everyone on the team or intervene themselves. You know, that's that's the biggest role is making that decision. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So much in what you just said. Don't <laughs> assess. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, right. And looking for that blunt trauma on the soft tissue of children, the, the, the palate, the soft palate. That is information that my listeners can take immediately and implement tomorrow. That is yes. And I'll tell you, I, I mean, well, I'll speak from personal experience. Every time I do check a child's palate, I get nervous right before. Because I know one of these days, just the way the statistics are, I'm going to see it one day. Yeah. if I'm still practicing clinically. So, yeah. you know, it, it is it is something that you kind of have, have to have some courage to do. And I just encourage people to think about how uncomfortable the person being victimized and exploited 
feels versus how uncomfortable they are just checking to make sure. That's true. When you when you weigh it all, it's worth your discomfort to make yes. a difference, a positive yes. impact. Yes. A life altering or a life saving <laughs> impact in many right. cases. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh and at a bare minimum, if if you are to I mean, it's, it's, it's scary, right? You know, it's like, this is life threatening situations that we're not prepared for, we're not trained for. But at a bare minimum, what I encourage you to do at least is educate yourself so that you can spot it and pass it on to someone else. Absolutely. But at a minimum, just be able to see it. And then if you want to step out at that moment, that is perfectly fine, but at least be able to spot it and go tell someone so that they can intervene. Yes, 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 yes. So are there any legislative or policy changes that you believe would be effective in addressing human trafficking in dentistry? And if so, what steps can individuals take to advocate for such changes? Honestly, I a few states have started requiring one hour of human trafficking awareness or um, abuse in the CEs to renew your license, but not every state. And honestly, I think it's because our legislators are not educated on the fact that this is actually a huge responsibility on our part in dentistry. And once they, I feel like once they actually see the, the evidence and how serious this is, every state would require the training for it. Well, I can tell you, although I live in Jamaica, I'm licensed to practice dentistry in Maryland. And we are required to be able to identify abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Not just children and women, but also seniors, right? That's good. So I That's good. do believe that we could tweak it a little bit mm -hmm. more and include human trafficking victims because yes. as they say it's not just sexual abuse you know it's right. you you're trapped to do labor and that means you're right. probably being worked to the bone yes and um oh my goodness i am so glad i got you on here today because yes. this is such a meaningful conversation and mm -hmm. you have said so much in this short period of time that can make a difference in our offices tomorrow. I, I can't thank you enough. But I have of to course. ask you, I have to ask you about the the upcoming dentists. How can dental schools and 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 educational institutions better incorporate training and awareness related to human trafficking into their curriculum? to prepare future professionals to address this issue effectively, Lauren? I think implementing it at all, making it a requirement versus, you know, an optional come in on a Saturday and take the CE. Yeah. It needs to be a requirement at this point. It's, it's the percentages are too high. The statistics are too high. And at this point, like I said, we're, we're behind and it we need to start making it a requirement not a suggestion yes. it's the only way that people are going to get educated without a choice of okay this is not something i want to learn about because it scares me or this is not something i want to learn about because it's dark or you know i don't want to be involved 
as a provider, you sh you have to advocate for your patients. So, you know, at this point, it's it's like okay, like I said earlier, at a minimum, educate yourself so that you can pass it on to someone else that's willing to intervene. But don't just not get educated or put our heads in the sand, right? It's yeah. you know, we can't we can only do that for so long. It, it, it's true, and nobody lives in isolation. You're a part of a family, you're a part of a community, and and that those communities build um, cities, and you keep going further and further. And if you can do what you can do in your little corner, then it's like the pebble in the pond and the rippling effect. You know? Oh my yep. goodness! This has yeah. been such a powerful conversation. I thought. I knew a little something about human trafficking because this is what got us talking because yes. the two things that I'm passionate about, you are also passionate about, and that's airway yep. and advocating for young ladies and girls. And I, I have someone who is a part of my community who specializes, focuses on human trafficking but with all that knowledge, you still poured into me today in a way that I would not have imagined. I thought I came to rubber stamp what you said because I already knew it. Girl, blew me out of the water. You blew me out of the water today. Now, Lauren, is, there, is, there, so. is there any particular quote that, that you'd love to share with us? I always ask my guests to share a, a something that's dear to them, something that they stand by, just a quote that has been meaningful. I would say in this situation with this subject in particular, it would be from Glennon Doyle. She is the one that says we can do hard things. And I say all the time, you know, it's it, we're always going to be uncomfortable until we learn to talk about what makes us uncomfortable. And it's going to always be the fastest growing organized crime in the world if we don't do something to make a dent in it. Yes. The more that we create awareness and the more that it's not just able to go through our peripheral without it catching our eye, yes. the more we can help. And yes, I know $150 billion industry is very intimidating of what can we actually do? And it's not ever going to happen to me until it does is yeah. what I would remind you to keep in your mind. It takes seconds. Oh my goodness. This has been such a meaningful conversation. Now, this podcast is listened to by men in dental offices, but somebody like me who is a dentist, but who also um, from time to time has been given the responsibility of chairing an international conference and would love to have you come to speak. If somebody wanted to do that, how would they get in touch with you? Because I just can't keep it to myself. I have to be able to say, <laughs> if you want Lauren to come and speak, here's where you could find her. So, yes, I, uh, 2024 is definitely picking up for human trafficking awareness. And uh, I, I'm really proud of people that have stepped in and said, okay, I'm not afraid of this and I know I need to do something. Let's put our brains together. of How can we implement this into the conference or the study club in some way, right? Okay. And for me, what I tell them is put your budget to, to at least one thing out of the event or the study club that doesn't have anything to do with your sales, 
doesn't have to do anything with your ROI. If you want to give back at some point in the year, this could be your way to do it. If you yeah. want to help in some way, hire a speaker. It doesn't have to be me. There's others out there. Hire a human trafficking awareness speaker. Just put it in the program somewhere. I promise it will open eyes all over the room and they won't even care that it's not a part of the curriculum at all. Because we're all about the human race. <laughs> right, right. It's like, are you a human? I think that you're going to care and want to know this. Right. So with that being said, uh, most of the inquiries come in through either Instagram or my email. With Instagram, my handle is Lauren the Activist. That's L O R E N. And my email is Lauren the Activist at Outlook.com. Either of those, you will get me in <laughs> hopefully as quick as possible, but absolutely, I'm still taking inquiries all next year and I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I really, really hope more people, more meeting planners lean into it more yes. and understand that it does have a lot to do with dentistry. I get asked that all the time and that's what my course is titled. What does human trafficking have to do with dentistry? Because within seconds, that's what people ask me and I give them that statistic first and wow. that's usually all I need to say, but we can do something. We can at least educate ourselves at a minimum. Absolutely. Lauren, you have to promise me, you have to promise me that you will come back and share with us again, because I feel that you probably just touched the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yes. There's lots yes. more for us to know. But, yes. yes. Yeah. So are you promising? I promise. Yes, I promise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. This has been a heavy topic but a necessary topic and yes. you have shared it in such a way that we have been able to take in little little bites and digest it so right. we'll come back around for round two at a later date but in the meantime thank you thank you thank you for the work that you're doing because it's not easy work no, you not. know that in order for you to do this, you're climbing a steep hill and yet still you're not backing down. So thank you, Lauren. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course. I tell people all the time, I will keep doing it until I can't. And that hasn't happened yet, so. All right. Oh my goodness, I don't know about you, but I am still processing. And I think I'm going to be processing for a little while. Can you imagine 30, 30% 30 of victims visit a healthcare provider? 30% of human trafficking victims visit a healthcare provider and 50% of their injuries are the head and neck. So we're seeing these people, but we're just not recognizing them. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes because the victims can be used over and over and over again. A $150 billion industry Oh my goodness. 
And who knew that the majority of these trafficking victims were for forced labor? I thought it was sex, but that's a quarter of human trafficking victims. The majority of them are being forced into labor. You know, we have to remember to assess. Never assume. We just need to assess what's in front of us. Otherwise, we may be missing some salient points. And how about this? How about having a safe word that when anybody in the office hears it, we know that there's a human trafficking victim in our space. You know, we have to be on the lookout for blunt force trauma on the soft palates of our children. Because we, we've been told that this is a sure sign of a child being forced to have oral sex. Oh my gosh. But you know what Glenda Doyle says, and we need not forget, we can do hard things. We absolutely can do hard things if it's going to save a life. Look, life is better when we live, learn, and grow together. If you have not subscribed, please, please don't hesitate to do so. You can find us on YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, on most of the um, podcast platforms. I'll see you the next time.